Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Betting Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and we are talking about fight night today because UFC 277 is coming up this weekend. Here to break down what should be a very interesting card. We have none other than MMA expert Josh Frick with us here. Josh, it is great to have you on. We've been talking about this for a while. Excited to finally be sitting down to talk about some fighting. Nice to be with you, Thomas. I'm excited to break down some fights with you. It's going to be a fun one. We've got a pretty decent card. Not 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 the most star-studded card, but we certainly have a couple really tantalizing options here. And you've got one. We're going to start off looking at this undercard here. You've got one fight in particular that you've got your eye on. You've got Dante Mays going up against Amdi Abdullahab. Mays is minus one fifty-five in this fight. Abdullahab plus one thirty-five, and Mays is looking to make it three straight wins here in his first three fights in the UFC. Abdullah making his debut Saturday night. You're finding some value here in the favorite with Mays. Yes, sir. So uh, Hamdi Abdullah, as we talked about earlier, he was uh, he's fought some very low-level guys on his way to the UFC. I think this is a major step up in competition for him. Mays open as a minus 130, and since he's open, when he's just been pouring him on him, seeing uh, the guys that Abda, I'm just going to call him Hamdi because that name's way too hard for me to say. So Hamdi um so seeing some of the guys he's been fighting like there's no way i could ever put money on him Dante Mays isn't the highest level guy yet we've seen him come in the ufc and make some statements but this is should be just a walkover fight and i can't believe the line opened at minus 130 that's right My, minus 130 the opener minus 155 right now in the DraftKings market and it really is going to continue to grow this is one that you're going to want to get on on early if you want to take some action on this fight, because you are not going to get a better price on Mays as the week goes on, right? No, sir. Money's just been flooding, and I expect it to be the same way all week. Everybody on YouTube, all the content creators, everybody's been jumping on him. So I, I can't see this line coming down at all, and I expect it to be close to minus 200 by the time the fight actually starts. So if you want some value, you better jump on it now before that line continues to plummet here. But let's move on and talk about this main card because there are some really interesting fights here. We've got a couple heavyweight bouts. Starting off, we got a light heavyweight fight going on between Magomed Ankalaev and, and Anthony Smith. Ankalaev is minus 490 in this one, Smith plus 390. So this is a very lopsided fight they are looking like. It is two top-ranked heavyweight fighters, though. They're both looking for a title shot. A win here would probably set them up for that fight. Ankalaev's on an eight-fight win streak, but Smith has three straight first-round stoppages. Are you looking at maybe an under in this one? Do you think that this could be a quick fight? I actually think this fight's going to go the distance. So Ankalaev um, is more of a I'm going to grind you out type of fighter than I'm going to get in there and try to finish you right, right away type of fighter, although we might not have seen that in the UFC so far. I think um, this fight is going to look to grind and just get the fights in the mat and grind it out the whole 15 minutes. So um, everybody loves Anthony Lionheart Smith. He's been in the UFC forever. Um, hard guy not to like. He's compassionate sweet dude after every fight wins or loss like he gets back up and shakes everybody's hand so uh, unfortunately Ank Live I think he's going to be the next champ I think he's on his way up very quickly and I think um, the fight between him and Jamal Hill is coming very soon um, Jamal Hill fights next weekend and I think this is going to be like a number one contenders fight after this fight um, to build up a lot of this team 
I think that's going to be interesting. I mean, that Eastern European fighting block that we've got now has just been so good. You obviously saw it in the days with Khabib. He's retired, but there have still been so many more guys coming up after him here. They've really been able to take over. It used to be that it was the Brazilians. You would see the Brazilians fighting and you'd say, oh, these, these are the guys that really know how to do it. And now all of a sudden, this Eastern European segment that's come up has just been absolute gangbusters when it comes to the success. If their name ends in EV, it's a plus EV bet in my book. So can't really <laughs> an, avoid that. An easy way to remember that, of course, there's not a lot of value to have here when it comes to betting a fighter straight up. Minus 475, the odds now at DraftKings for Ankaleev. Uh, you think it's going to go the distance? Over two and a half is minus 140. That might be a good market to look at. Yep, I totally agree with that. Um, this is one of those fights where I think he's going to try to avoid the power of Smith on the feet. And Smith, is, he's got great boxing, so if he gets in up close, there is a chance that he can finish Ankalaev, but Ankalaev's going to try to stick and move most of the fight and try to get this fight to the ground as quick as possible. The next fight up is in the flyweight division. We've got Alexander Pantoja going up against Alex Perez. Pantoja minus 165. Perez plus 140 in this one. Pantoja is coming off a knee injury, though. But Perez hasn't fought since UFC, UFC 255. He had two fights where he missed weight, and those fights ultimately did not happen. But what do you think is going to happen in this one? Is there a little value on the dog here? Both of these fighters look like they're going to be shaking off some rust. So I kind of feel like this is one of those fights where you need to wait until weigh-ins to see if this fight actually happens for one, because uh, Prez, as we've seen, has been accustomed to missing weight lately. So um, if you can't make weight on the scales, I do think this fight is going to be exciting. It is a fight that's going to be at 125 pounds, and we all know those high volume, those guys are in there to bang, and most of those guys don't go to sleep very easily. So I think this is going to be a great fight to watch. As far as the betting market, I do think Pantoja is a much better fighter and has fought the much better level of competition while in the UFC. Um, I I don't really see this fight being close. Perez, I think, is going to stuff a lot of the takedowns early, but I think the later this fight goes on, the more um, Pantoja is going to be a threat to either sub him when Perez tries to take him down or um, on the feet, I think, Pantoja is a much better technical striker, but there's a lot of volume that's going to be coming from Perez. So if this fight does go to decision, I think Perez has a very good chance of winning this fight by decision. And, you know, if you look at their records and break it down, 50% of Perez's fights have been won by decision, but his average fight time is only 6 minutes, 17 seconds. Pantoja is much more used to these longer bouts. They go, frankly, a lot longer, but then again, he also wins more of his fights by submission or, T or, or KO or TKO than he does by decision. So it, it makes for an interesting little bit of a tale of the tape there. But you think that if it goes on long enough, it favors Perez for sure? I think in the judges' eyes, they're just going to see the more volume being landed by Perez. So I think there's a good chance they're going to favor him in the fight. But it is in Texas. So fights in Texas we know are kind of crazy. And um, unfortunately, the judges in Texas aren't the best ones on the UFC. I mean, it's probably better than London where they're going to favor all the London fighters. But um, definitely very sketchy judging in Texas. Well, we definitely didn't see uh, any need for judges to favor the London fighters last time out with Patty Pimlet and Molly Meatball taking care That's of true. business there. <laughs> Pimlet is a, a quick side note on him. He is my favorite new fighter in the game. It, it's rare that you see the hype train actually really be backed up, but this guy could actually be good, right? Um, I'm actually on the opposite side of you. I think Pimlet's kind of been given a hand-picked hand opponents uh, coming his way up. I think uh, either his next fighter is 
probably the fight after that, I would say. Um, he's probably going to come in as a big favorite, and that's going to be a time that we can totally fade him. He hasn't fought anybody inside the top 25. I was actually really surprised by the Levitt finish. Um, when his arm got trapped, you kind of knew it was over because they were just going to sit there getting punched in the face. Like, that's not going to turn out well for you. So I think if the arm didn't get trapped with those big slams that he was doing, I think we were going to see a very sloppy third round from that fight. Fortunately, Pimlet was able to get it out um, pretty quickly. All right, that's that's an interesting take. I'll have to we'll have to have you back on when it comes time for Pimblet's next fight. But right now, let's focus back in on this bout, UFC 277, and we've got the next fight up. It's heavyweights going at it here. We got Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. Lewis plus 105 here right now. Pavlovich minus 125. It's a huge fight for him. He could get a title shot with a win. He's 15 and 1 overall. But Lewis is a Texas native. You mentioned that he's had uh, that the Texas judge is not necessarily the best. Lewis has dropped his last two fights in Houston. He's really in that back against the wall position where he needs to be able to show that he can still turn away some of these newcomers if he wants to keep in the game. Totally agreed. Um, we've also seen some early line movement. Um, Lewis came out as a minus 115 favorite in this fight. So I, I don't agree with the line movement at all. Pavlovich has kind of been working his way up in the UFC, and I don't think that he has a lot of the skills that it's going to take or the speed that it's or the power that it's going to take any of the things that you need in the heavyweight class um he's not a wrestler and lewis we saw when he was fighting curtis blades isn't afraid to fight a wrestler he's more than happy to throw the uppercuts that are going to stop a lot of those incoming shots from fighters so um i'm really excited for this fight actually so Paplovich, i think if he does win this fight i think he's got a pretty good shot of shooting up the rankings pretty fast but Derek lewis we haven't seen him lose a fight two fights in a row in a long time so i think I think Derek Lewis is honestly going to come in and hit him with a couple shots, back him up to the cage and finish this fight in the first round. So the power of Derek Lewis, I think, is on another level that Pavlovich hasn't seen yet. And I think he's going to show us that this weekend. Want to track all of your wagers in one place? Check out the Betting Pros Pick Tracker at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. It syncs up with your sports books to tally which picks hit, which miss, and gives you a live look at what the public is doing so you can use real-time tracking to determine which plays to make and which to fade. Get on the leaderboard and quickly become a sharp by using the free advice we offer at bettingpros.com slash pick tracking. All right, well, as I pull up Derek Lewis's odds here, the over one and a half rounds here in this fight is plus 110. The under is, in fact, a minus 140 juice. So it looks like the books are right there with you, saying that this could be a quick fight. And you think that the money's going the wrong way with Lewis here as now the underdog after opening as the favorite. Yes, sir. And fight goes to the decision, you're not getting any value on that minus 600. Like we saw in the um, Jerry Prochka fight, that fight was pretty close line to this, and fight doesn't go to the decision as well. And that fight was almost like right there away from finishing if uh jerry went and got that headlock in and choked uh, our boy out so um i think Derek lewis is going to make this matchup look pretty easy and i think um he's going to be back on the card one of the ufc cards before the end of the year all right wow it, it amazes me how quick these fighters can turn around from some of these fights and go again by the end of the year, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what he can do in this fight. I'm with you, though. I love a good dog that the public is fading heavily. That I mean, when you see that kind of line movement, you know that they're going against it. I'd take a shot at plus 105. A lot of the time when the fight's open in Vegas, I feel like the lines are a lot um, 
are pretty much accurate where they're at. So if you see a huge line moving, it's either by, as you know, Sharp's taking a big number on something and taking a big stab at it. But UFC fights, it kind of seems the opposite. I feel a lot of the times the Vegas is on the right side of the fights. And when the line flips, like that's when you can find a lot of value in these underdog fighters. And you are completely right. Like when we talk about lines moving, the book isn't just going to move the line because a ton of public bettors are betting one side of the fight. The book is going to move the line when they see the sharps that they know and whose opinions they value are coming in against them. That's when they might say, okay, maybe this guy has it right and we have it wrong here. And they start to consider that. But if it's just a heavy public guy, not necessarily going to see a lot of line movement and they'll kind of welcome some of that extra action. But here, Derek Lewis has moved to plus 105. And hey, if you could be smarter than the books, it's a great time to do so and pick up a nice plus money price there. The next fight up in the flyweight, it's an interim title fight. I don't know if they really needed to be given out a belt in this one. I think the stakes might have been high enough, but it's also a rematch here. Brandon Marino versus Kai Kara, France. Brandon Marino, my favorite fighter on the circuit here. He's minus 205 in this one, a heavy favorite. Kara France, he's plus 175, coming off an upset win over Askar Askarov. He is much more of a striker and used to win and used that to win what was a very close fight. But he did fight Marino in 2019, and Marino was all over him with his quickness and jab ability. Do you think that Cara France can take full advantage of his power in this fight, or is Marino just going to be too quick and able to deflect those blows? So I kind of think a bunch of people jumped on the Kai Cara France wagon just because they see him hanging out with Israel Adesanya. I don't... In my honest opinion, I don't think Kai Car France is really a UFC fighter. So I think he's a decent fighter. He's knocked out some people on his way to get up here. Beating a Cody Garbrandt, I'm not really impressed with. Cody Garbrandt, I think, is also washed. So um, I'm not super impressed with that. Brandon Moreno's taken big shots from uh, Dyson Figueredo two times in two different fights. I think that was the matchup we all wanted to see. Unfortunately, Dyson Figueredo is not going to be able to get back in time to make this. Uh, it's weird that this is an intern belt to me most fights that we see that are like for an interim title belt or should be closer fights and i don't see brandon moreno losing any second of this fight um i think he can win on the feet i think he can definitely win on the ground so wherever this fight takes place i think brandon moreno is just going to absolutely like dominate this fight and i don't expect this fight to be close i think there's a lot of value even in still getting the line at um minus 210 um anything I would bet the house on Moreno. Uh, but we have seen in the last two fights, the last two weekends injuries have been happening. So that scares me a little bit. Um, super worried that that might happen again this fight. I've met two in a row. I can't remember the last time we've seen two fight ending injuries, just fluky two in a row. So as much as I am afraid to say, I would put everything on Brent, uh, Moreno this week. I, I feel you there. It, it's you, there. There is always that puncher's chance when it comes to betting heavy favorites and laying heavy prices. But I, I feel like in the fight game, it is that kind of time where you look at a minus 200, even a minus 250 line, and you say, I'll still lay that because you know that the fighter can be that much better and that much more dominant. And yeah, you might get beaten on a freak injury like that. But the counterpoint is we did just have two of those in a row. I know that the odds don't actually say it won't happen a third time, but still, you like to think of that recency bias and say, oh, well, it can't happen again here. I don't think it will in this fight. I'm with you. I absolutely adore Brandon Marino. Um, personal bias completely playing into it. I got to interview him for a project I was working on a few years ago. And let me tell you, the nicest dude on the planet. I, I walked out of that interview going, I cannot believe that this dude beats the living hell out of people for a living because he, it's, it's a complete switch with him. We were talking about 
He, of course, is famous for his uh, his love of Lego and Funko Pops. And he like he has a whole massive collection. He actually brought one for Daniel Cormier, who was there, too, to sign for him. It, It was it was hilarious. Like this dude is the most personable guy in the world. It's wild to think that like, oh, hey, he's also, you know, one of the world's best fighters. A lot of the guys I've met from the UFC are kind of like that. The only, don't mean to talk trash to anybody, Chuck Liddell was the only not nice fighter I've ever met from the <laughs> UFC. So um, he kind of follows his uh, his ring motto, I guess you would say. So, But it seems like he would be a really nice guy. He's always happy. That smile on his face, too. I can't imagine him not ever being a fan favorite, and I can't wait for next fight between him and uh, Dyson Figueredo for a real belt. Guys, real quick, remember when you're looking for free picks and sports betting advice, bettingpros.com has you covered with tips from over 150 experts to make it easy for you to cash out. Download the app to get sports betting alerts. You'll get notified of favorable bets based on line movements, consensus picks from the most accurate experts, and vetted systems in play. Betting Pros monitors all of the major sports books, most accurate experts, and top systems to identify the best betting opportunities. So download today in the Apple or Google Play stores. There we go. Now the big fight on this card, though, the other title bout, it is the women's bantamweight. It's a rematch, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez. We saw it at UFC 269. I am still so upset with myself. I had an offer to go to that fight here in Vegas, and I turned it down. I was working that night. What a mistake that was because I ended up watching the fight on my phone and it was one of the most epic bouts that we have seen. Pena defeats Nunez in a massive upset, snaps Nunez's 12-fight win streak, shocks the fighting world. Up to that point, Nunez, she defeated everyone. Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, two wins over Valentina Shevchenko. And despite all that, Pena goes out and wins it, but now she comes into this second bout still as another massive underdog. The prevailing wisdom is she did it once. She won't be able to do it again. She caught Nunez on her worst day. You agree with that take? I 100% agree with that take. As much as I love Juliana Pena, I think Amanda Nunez is on another level. I do think she lost the last fight to Shevchenko. Um, I think a lot of MMA people agree with that as well. Shevchenko, I think, is actually the women's GOAT, even though Amanda Nunez is always being talked about as the women's GOAT. Um, but I think this fight, uh, Amanda Nunez is actually going to come and prepare for. I think she may have drank too much of her own Kool-Aid last time and thought she was just going to get out of here um, early and easy. And Pena came in and said, no, like, I'm putting my foot down. I'm moving forward. I'm going to be the one that's taking the shots and exchanging with you in the pocket. And she wasn't afraid to come in that fight. And I think that was what shocked Nunes the most. And so when Amanda wasn't able to get out of there quick and probably had a really bad weight cut, she was, after the first round, like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this beating. I can't believe this girl standing in front of me after the shots I've hit her with. I think coming in with the full camp, coming in with motivation this time, she hasn't been motivated for a fight in a long time, which I think kind of hurt her. But we see fighters bounce back all the time. And I think Amanda Newton is going to bounce back in a big way this week. I completely agree with you. As much as we love an underdog here, especially at plus 225, I'm buying into the narrative. I'm saying Nunez is one of the best fighters that we've ever seen in the women's game. And she is going to be able to come out, bounce back, like you said. I'm looking, quite frankly, if I'm putting together something for this fight here, because you really look at the card and it is a lot of favorites. There are some underdog prices that you might want to look at here. But if you were to try and make a play, try and gain some value out of this, would you try maybe taking Mourinho and Nunez together, maybe pairing them with a third? Or where would you be looking to go if you wanted to bet this one? 
So I would kind of actually stay away from this fight. I think there's a lot of value in live betting this fight. If uh, Pena can stay with it through the first round and show that her gas tank's not giving out either, I think there's a great chance that she can still win this fight if Nunez does gas out. But I would much rather take Marina with how we talked about earlier with Mays or Pantoja. Um, I would kind of stay away from that title event just because women's MMA, sometimes crazy things happen, arm bars from guard. Um, you just never know in a women's MMA fight. So I try to stay away from women's MMA. Um, and Glyve, I think, is kind of, if you want to parlay with him, I think he has at a nice pace to stick in a parlay as well. So I think going Mays, Pantoja, and Goliath, and sticking um, Moreno in there, I think you can get some pretty nice plus money on that right now. That's right. As we uh, we crunch those numbers right here, you throw Mays, you throw Ankalaev, you throw Pantoja, and you throw Brandon Moreno in uh, four teams plus 364. Factoring in there that you have uh, a minus 475 favorite in there. Partnered with uh, part partnered with a pair of minus one sixty five and minus two hundred five, that's that's not that, that's not a bad price. I would not be at all upset to take something like that on this fight, but it is so much of a heavily favorite card. Is there anyone you're looking at in the dog market, or is it just really here, Derek Lewis, who did open as the favorite that you're looking at on that side? Um, I like Derek Lewis a lot as one of the underdogs as well. Um, I really like Kim as well in the women's matchup. She's plus 120 right now. Uh, she, I don't have a lot of faith in Jocelyn Edwards to come out and like stick with her on the feet. I think this is going to be a women's fight that goes to a decision, so I think it could be a very close, sloppy decision. But um, Kim at 120 is not a terrible price tag, and I, I wouldn't mind stepping in on that bet. Um, the line's slowly moving a little bit more towards her, so if I was going to bet it, I would try to do it earlier than later. Right now she's plus 120, and it's... I think she's going to make kind of embarrass Jocelyn moving around in the ring. Edwards, I, I'm not impressed with after watching her past couple of fights again this week. Like, there's nothing that stands out to me. And Jiang Kim, like, has fought good fighters. She's lost to Molly McCann, but she went all the way to decision with Molly McCann. And after we saw what McCann did last weekend, like, I, if you got yeah, a chin enough a to stand fight. in the ring, yeah, with Molly McCann, like, I think you can go at least a full 15 with Jocelyn Edwards and probably win that fight with Jocelyn Edwards. Now, if you were going to look in the total market, because that's another great way that you can bet UFC fights here. If you were going to look in the total market for any of these, is there anything that you're really seeing? I know you said Derek Lewis in the first round. Is, is there anything else that you might be looking at as far as uh, round totals in any particular fight? Uh, um, I think you can take the Nunes fight doesn't go to the decision. I think that's still a pretty nice bet because I think either way, whoever wins that fight's not going to win um, fight. One of them could win by is going to win by decision if it goes to decision. But I think if it goes to decision, Pena is more likely to win that fight. But I think fight doesn't go to decision is a good bet. I think the Moreno actually fight goes to decision is a good bet as well. Um, if you don't want to place any bets on that fight, and the Derek Lewis line has been steamed so much, like I probably wouldn't touch that. All right. Well, there you go, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It has been an absolute pleasure breaking down the fights with you. Where can people find you in the great work you're doing? Uh, I'm on Twitter, jfrick 87 I do a DraftKings breakdown every week. It's free. Everybody can look at it for free. I want to, I just want people to win money. Like that's the only thing I want people to do. I don't care about my name really getting out there. I just want to make everybody else successful and put a little bit of extra coin in everybody's pocket. So, um, free agent so i'm kind of doing my own thing and jumping on shows where i can and i appreciate you having me on i love listening to your stuff i like 
I'm not a big soccer guy, but you've taught me more about soccer in the past year than I ever thought I would learn. So I very much appreciate that. I greatly appreciate the kind words there. And we are absolutely going to win some money this weekend. Guys, Josh is one of the best out there. Give him a follow. He is working so hard to help us make some money here. And let's absolutely cash some tickets this weekend. You know the drill. If you guys like the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, share. If you're listening to us on the podcast platform of your choice, please give us that five-star rating. It really does help out. Let us know what you think of the show. And of course, as always, you can tweet myself at TV at work. You can tweet Josh at jfrick87, just like he said. And of course, you can always follow betting pros at betting pros. It is just that simple. Guys, let's cash some tickets this weekend and we will see you next episode.